This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Thank you. Um, I got married, first of all, and... I just, uh, I, I remember my, um, there was a, b- a very big person to me, Yeshiva, Barry Finkel's of Rocha. He was a, 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 he was somebody who was a, a, a Magetshir there, one of, it was my wife's first cousin. He, he was just, as a person, there was a certain Shleimus to him, very extraordinary person. And in Yeshiva, they generally were a little bit upset that Rosh Hashanah Yekippur, the Yeshiva was packed. And people came, even the light came from far away, and they would either stayed over, they walked in, and Simchas Torah would be, um, they would be very small, very very few people would come and whatever. And they, and, and they felt that it's a wrong, it's an imbalance of what a yeshiva is. So um, Rebari Finkel was somebody who was, he knew how to give Musr also. And he came over to my brother, who was living in Hainov, and he said, Reb Label, he said, if you cry with us, why wouldn't you come rejoice with us as well? And I, I, I sometimes think we don't understand, you know, Rosh Hashanah Yekipu understand the community bonds. It's everyone has what they need. Everybody understands what, what Klal Yisrael needs and so on. But the, the idea of bonding together in Simcha is, is something that is crucial. It's the second half of the puzzle. And we're missing something very vital if you don't do it. And I'm always um, taken by the fact that the community sees it as something, even something that's almost here, Snefesh in the cold, to, to come together. I, I think it's, an, it, it's, an, it's a very, it, it's a shlemus, it's a certain, it, it's, a, it's a wholeness of having both the times when a person pours his heart out and when a person pours his heart out in Simcha and sings together and so on. So um, this Simcha uh, Sheva tends to come out on the Goyen's yard site, and tonight is no is no exception. So I'll try to quote a Goyen, and to we'll try to a little bit understand it. It says um, in the pasuk in Shashir, "Yishakenim and Yishikos piu kitoyv nedechem yoyin lereach shmanecha alomas ayvucha," and so on. Um, and so on. So the Pusik says, Klal Yisrael asks of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, um, something that would be comparable to an Ashika, to a kiss from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And a Kaddish Baruch Hu says, yes, Klal Yisrael has it, but the nations of the world, to them, all they have is Reach. Um, which means a fragrance. The um, the Goyen sort of associates something with the mouth as belonging to the world of tam, of taste, and fragrance belonging to reach. Goyen doesn't say much more than that, as usual. He just is quite cryptic. And and that's and he says this Pusik is Klal demands something a lot more than the nations. We have a pchin of tam, of peh, and they are reach. 
So I'd like to try to understand that cryptic coin a little bit and understand about something about the dimension of the Yontiv of Sukkis. When the Medrash talks about the different minim, um, the Medrash points out different things that they represent or embody the different parts of the of the of the law of an Esther and so on. One Medrash, one of the Medrashim is that the Aravas, the, the, the Esrig has both smell and taste. Aravas has no smell, no taste. Lulav has taste in the sense that dates grow on the palms, and but it, there's no odor especially. Hadassim are an odor without anything to eat. And it's connected four types of people in Israel. People who have both Torah and mitzvahs, people who have Torah without mitzvahs, is like food without odor or fragrance. People who have mitzvahs without Torah just have the fragrance, and the other people have neither the two. You bring them together, and everyone shares everyone else. That's the Thrasa Medrash. It's, it's a very strange kind of, yes, I mean, taste and fragrance to us, they're not part of the same world. You, you, you know, when you want to demonstrate two things that are different, we say black and white. They're both in one we can see totally, one we can't see at all. Taste and odor, they don't intersect anywhere. There's no common denominator that you can say, well, you know, in this aspect, you do have it, you don't have it. They're two very different things here. There is some relationship between the two. A lot of taste, obviously, is built on odor. But other than that, what's the, why, why is the world of mitzvahs and Torah um, described as uh, fragrance and, and taste? The um, and also the matching up, I could have just spun around the other way and say Torah's fragrance and mitzvahs are food. Uh, who, who determined which one belongs to taste and which one's a fragrance? What, what are those two in Yanim? Those that's the point I, w- I would uh, I think is the key to trying to understand a little bit about what the Goyen means over here. Um, the Goyen also speaks about. Um, Sukkot for that reason as being very Hester. Um, he says that Sukkot is a yontif that includes the nations of the world because it includes the element of fragrance and therefore um, it includes the, 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 and he, and the, the Goyen explains that that first Pasuk in Shirashirim is Keneged different Yantovim and Sukkot because it includes the nations of the world that's the next passage dealing with the fragrance. We bring carbonis on Sukkis, 70 carbonis that sort of includes all the nations of the world because in the world of fragrance, they also have some shaykhis. And therefore, Sukkis is that world, and that's where they're incorporated. It's still, it's, it's cryptic to us. So let's understand a little bit about, the, about taste and odor and, and how they worked and the relationship that Chazal are trying to make over here. The truth is, on the one hand, the two of them have to go together. People, when you have, anyone can do this experiment. If you sit longer in the sukkah and catch a cold, you will have a stuffed nose. And the food also doesn't taste quite good. Um, if, you, if, you're, if your nose, if, you're, if, you're, if your sense of smell is not working, the, much of the taste is gone. They do dovetail. But they work, they, they're both 
address a very different aspect of that same flavor. So when you have, let's say, orange flavor, you have the odor of that flavor and have the taste. The advantage of the odor is it travels extremely far. And therefore, even a person who's outside, he could, if it's a strong enough odor, you could, it could be down the road and you still pick it up. But it's very vague. You, you may not have any idea of what it is, but you feel something there. I, something, you know, the classic, you go into house, something smells off and you're desperately trying to find what is it and so on. Taste um, is direct. Not only is it direct, all other senses are external. We see, we hear, we feel even. Taste is when something enters our body and becomes part of us. That's the world of taste. So taste is an extraordinary um, incorporation of something into self. Smell allows it to reach way beyond where you are. Those, the, so the two senses are related. We talk about a lot of the things that we flavors tend to have an aroma and, and a taste, but they're remarkably opposite to each other in terms of um, what they're trying to address. One is trying to reach out to the furthest reaches, and one is trying to be incorporated, be incorporated in a person <coughs> and become part of self. The, um, the world of Ruchnius, the world of spirituality, has in itself, at its first instance, just a sense of something. A person makes his first step into a spiritual world. He feels that something is right. It's strange. It's different. It's Sometimes it's even baffling. Many times it's baffling. But there's a feel for it. A child, before we're able to philosophize and explain to him why giving something is good, we can sometimes, we, we try to evoke a sense in him. We say, you know, you gave it to him. Don't you feel good about it? Did you see the smile on his face? Don't you feel something? And, 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 we, and, we, and people start the process through reach. There's no other way that a person could incorporate it and make it part of himself because we're really far. At first glance, we're physical people. Our normal experiences are all very physical. And it's when we sense something beyond us that we're attracted to something further down. And that's when we become um, attracted to it. So the world of Reach is the world that greets a person at first, and that will hook the person. And that's why the people on the outside, the Shemen Turak Shmecha, it's the aroma that spreads out far and reaches even a, even a guy who's far and distant, doesn't really get it, but he senses there's something there and, and, and he's turned on by it. That's one end of it. But as long as that world is an external world to a person, and a person really feels um, it's a vague something that's outside of me, I might be attracted to it, but I can't say I'm a spiritual person because I don't actually have an incorporated myself. It's not me. And 
in order for something to be yours, you have to understand it. Understanding doesn't mean def only we can sort of say a reason for it. Understanding means getting it. I can, you know, it, it's when a person, a, a great musician, can't explain to me why this piece is, is done well, but he understands and he's very comfortable saying this will work, this won't work, and so on. So understanding in the sense that you incorporate Ruchnius into yourself to the degree that you say, I, I, I get it, my, my mind gets it, that's when it becomes part of yourself. So the Ruchnius, the world of spirituality, starts with something we'll call fragrance, aroma, a vague sense that can, that can, that can, that can attract even somebody far outside. The person has an, a nagging sense something's here, and the person slowly moves. It culminates when the person is incorporated and made it part of his self. We tend to think that the world, that Torah is there, the process is a one-way street. We go from Torah to mitzvahs. Now, that's one way. It says, that learning about something will get you to do it. Yes, it's true. But there's a reverse process. And that reverse process is spoken about. The Chinuch says, the Chinuch gives a reason for all the mitzvahs and the Chinuch was a, a, a book written for his son, who was a teenager. And Shabbos afternoon, he really was kind of running around wild, I guess, not having much to do. And the Chinuch, I guess, something didn't change. And he wrote it. <laughs> the only thing that changed is that writing a safe film will get him to sit and learn. That's, that's, that, I think, might have changed. But that, he might have to be his son. But, but other than that, he, he had the problem. And he, he spars with his son. It's fascinating. It, this is a major work, the Chinuch. This is a, a work that both in Halacha has an, a, 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 an important point and, and in understanding the basic mitzvahs. And yet it was written for his son. And he writes to him, you know, when, he's, when, when he, he, he's, he's describing many mitzvahs of Pesach. And he says, my dear son, I know you're going to be upset with these explanations and say how many mitzvahs does a person need in order to remind him about Pesach. He says, you don't, the reason you're asking it is because you're a teenager. I, I mean, <laughs> so I'm translating the words a little bit, but, but basically he says a person becomes at some point the essence of what he's doing. And he says, even if you take a person who's not inherently a good person, but he keeps doing good things, he'll become a good person. And if you take a person who is inherently a good person, but he always has to keep doing things that are not good, he will become a not good person. So the more mitzvahs you do, it begins to change the person inside. So the Chinuch is describing the mitzvahs as the bait, as the fragrance, as what leads you to it, and the eventual understanding and enlightenment as being sort of the, the, the we would call it the Torah of understanding. One other very famous sefer makes this point. The Mesil Sharm speaks, his second set of chapters deals with something called Zrizus, which is doing mitzvahs with tremendous alacrity, with, you know, cheshek and so on. 
And he says, technically, doing mitzvahs with a lot of with a lot of oomph is is the result of believing in it and wanting to do it, understanding it. He says that's true. But there's a second half. If you do things with very energetically and and with a lot of oomph, it will it's like it's like a car. Normal cars you 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 drive them and they and they schlep you. Some yeshiva cars you push and then they begin <laughs> and, and, and then they begin to to, to to get moving because but it, it, it works once you begin moving it, it the battery begins to coughs and comes alive and goes. So the Masosa Sharm points at the same phenomena that the world of action can lead a person and does lead a person to understanding things differently. To, to having different perspective on things. So we have two worlds over here that complement each other. The world of mitzvahs, when a person does a mitzvah uncomprehending, not really getting it, so he just feels it's right. It's like, like a person, the first time he sees a Shabbos table or he sees people davening, or tells him, there's something that does feel about it, he's attracted. It, it, it's, it, you have a hard time getting a handle on it. So that's called a b'chinas reyach. And then as you do it and you get into it, you begin to understand and it becomes something that, that enlightens you. There's an extraordinary parallel to this that I, I'd like to point out. The Torah says that every yontif is, is parallel to one of our patriarchs. Pesach is the seminal event of Kaisal, it's the beginning, it's the root. That's like Avram Avinu. Yitzchak, who was totally dedicated to Hashem, that's like Shavuos. And Yaakov is Sukkot. Not easy to understand how Yaakov fits into Sukkot. There's a Pasuk that says, Mekneos is Sukkot, a, a sort of side glance of a Pasuk. Very hard to get a sense of why that is. So I'd, I'd like to offer a, an understanding. Let's go back to the thing we spoke about, Reach and Tam. It says that when Yaakov Avinu came into Yitzchak to receive his blessing, Yitzchak said he, he couldn't see him. He smelled him. And he said, the odor of my son, the fragrance of my son, is like the fragrance of a field that was blessed by God. So the grammatical mafarshim, the farshim that stick the word, say, well, the field must be a field of besamim. Of that's, so Rashbam says that and others. The Gemara says, and Rashi brings it, like a field of apples or a srogim. In other words, um, his fragrance was the fragrance of fruit. In other words, Yaakov combined in himself both the ability to exude Yiddishkeit to far stretches and the final understanding of, of Yiddishkeit that made it part of yourself. So your, your, your fragrance, not the fragrance of, of the Samim, which is good for, for fragrance, but that's all it is. It's, it's like an esrog or an apple. The word, both of them are, are mentioned in Chazal because that's something which is a combination of the two blessings together. It's something that includes in itself the world of Misa 
of fragrance and the world of action. So Yaakov Avinu sort of combines the two. He serves as a bridge between those two worlds. It's very interesting when you make a bracha on different types of besamim. So we Ashkenazim, maybe there's a Sephardi here, but we Ashkenazim don't know too much about, about we make Boromini besamim almost anything that smells one way or another, and that's it. Sephardim get it right, and they have a good chushareach, and uh, and they and they make this atzei psamim and asvei besamim and and all sorts of different um, if it's grasses or trees or whatever it is or minei psamim and and so on. So all so there are many different types of psamim that Hashem made in the world, and each one has a bracha. There's a unique bracha that's reserved for a fruit that's meant to be eaten and yet exudes a fragrance like an esrik. A reach tov beperos. It's, it's strange. Like all the other ones, why didn't it say, um, like I say, asib samim, atzib samim, peris besamim? It's not peris besamim. Akarishbar who gave us, us a sort of extra type of, of, of bracha when a fruit contains in itself a fragrance as well, it has the best of both worlds. It, it draws me and it fills me. Some of them draw me, but I can sit and smell the thing all day like in Kippur. My stomach is still empty. Food that has no fragrance, it's, it's dull. But when you have a fruit that has a fragrance, I'm drawn to it and I'm filled by it. Yaakov Avinu has that midah at, um, the, of Das, where the good in the mitzvahs become knowledge, understanding, and, and, and becomes part of you. So the Yontav of Sukkis is sort of the bridge between the two worlds. We take, this is, that's why we focus on two types of spirituality. The spirituality that draws us to further, to, to places where we're not there yet, and the process of taking whatever we have sensed and beginning to realize it and to incorporating it. The um, so so the 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 of the sukkus is parallel to Yaakov Avinu. Who was that? All, the Ovos did mitzvahs. Yaakov was the beginning of Torah, and and Torah is that understanding that allows you to incorporate and make it part of yourself. Um, it's probably no accident that Claudius Yisrael chose the day attached to Sukkot as Simchas Torah. Um, it's sort of a yontiv that, so Sukkot sort of is a double yontiv, Shemina Tzeres is a little bit like Sukkot, the last Sukkot. It's fascinating. Sukkot is full of mitzvahs, and unfortunately for many people, not so much Torah. Simchas Torah is full of Torah, but no other mitzvahs. It's just pure Torah. Um, and it's something I think that a community that consists of so many people who are on a spiritual journey, um, it's, it's probably in a certain way um, the most crucial yontif to understand that the first step is always being drawn by something you <coughs> feel. There's truth to it, there's emis to it, even if you can't wrap your head around it. And when a person does these mitzvahs, the person slowly begins to become part of it. 
there, there is no way we can jump from t- to take something that's totally alien to us and just kind of make it part of us. It's tough. So a person gets into it and he's attracted by the fact that it feels right, it feels this is the right thing and, and so on. But stopping in the middle of the journey when a person is just, um, just has that sense of good and right but hasn't really absorbed it yet is, 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 is falling short. The, the, every, every decent human being is attracted by Ruchnius. And that, that, that attraction to some sort of level of spirituality or good is, is a division between non-humans and humans. But Klaun Yisrael are, are those who can actually take the world that they sense is right, the world of mitzvahs, and incorporate it and bring it to the world of Tam and the world of making it part of themselves. And um, we're, we're sitting on, on a yontav like Sukkis. Um, we, should be, we should understand the fact that when we take all these four minim together, we're sort of wrapping our hands around the entire gamut of Yiddishkeit, going from a world of Reach to a world of Tam to a world that has Tam and Reach. The, 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 each of one of our others put something in place. Yaakov Avinu, who had the fragrance of a field full of fruit and food, is the one who stands behind this yontiv. And, and Bez Hashem, we have the, um, we'll, we'll have the ability to be toem and to be meriach and, and to be toem and to the someday to the brach vishakenim in Shikha's Amen. I don't I don't like this one. Two follows.